In scripture, we see great movements of God. Why don't we see these types of things today? Has God changed? You're listening to The Power of God from our series, God is in Us, where we are learning what it means to have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm filling in for uh, PT today, Pastor Travis. Uh, he is preaching elsewhere uh, where, while their pastor is actually in Haiti uh, on a mission trip. So, so I wanted to say, first of all, that I'm so thankful to be a part. I hope it's, I hope it's clear uh, how honored I am to be a part of the Covenant family. I've always felt welcome, always felt loved. And uh, Covenant came into our life, and Pastor Travis came into our life, and the staff, um, and, and honestly, uh, the, the whole Covenant family at a time when we desperately needed uh, to have a family as we moved to Columbus about two years ago. So I'm, I'm extremely thankful to be here. Um, it's an honor to, to stand here. When you guys get to hear from Pastor Travis this week, it's an honor for me to be able to fill in for him. Um, it is actually Pastor's Appreciation Day today. Um, and so what you need to do is you need to like send him an encouraging text this week. Uh, you need to get him a Starbucks gift card or something like that. Send him to Hawaii, just something easy <laughs> that anyone can do. Um, you know, just something small, just, you know, just to show him how much you love him. So, um, but definitely, definitely um, let him know how much you, you appreciate and love him. So um, <clears throat> today we're continuing on uh, with a series that Pastor Travis started last week called God is in us. And I love this series, but I'm, I'm going to need to, I don't know, I just sense that God is calling me to call an audible and do a little bit different of a direction um, this week because I really feel like um, everything that's swirling around with the election right now, we probably need to talk about that just because there's a lot going on, and I'm sure you're all stressed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shoot me in the face. I'm not talking about the election. <laughs> just kidding. Some of you were just like, no, I'm, I'm out. I can't handle anymore. I can't handle anymore. So we're actually going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the power the Holy Spirit wants to, to give to you. And uh, yeah, keep that going because I'm going to need it. Preach with me. Um, we are going to talk about what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. We're going to start off in Acts chapter 1 in just a minute. Um, but before we go there, um, it would, um, I would be remiss to start off a sermon about the Holy Spirit uh, without asking the Holy Spirit to guide and direct our time. So let's bow for prayer. God, we just thank you for everything that you do for us. And, and I, I would even say, um, as I'm studying this week, all these different verses uh, about your spirit in us, I feel like we're missing it. I feel like maybe we're, we're, we're only operating at, at, at a percentage of what you call us. So, so, so God, I'm asking you to give us um, the eyes and the ears and the hearts to be open and moldable today to what you have for us. Um, Lord, it's in your name I pray. Amen. Um, I, I am what you, what you call a pyromaniac. Uh, I like fire. I've loved fire ever since my dad took me to a, uh, like a, a Cub Scout uh, camp out, and, and, and there was a, a fire built for us. And, and in that moment, uh, my life was changed. Uh, I don't know if, if you're like me, but I, I, I remember there was all kind of games and tossing the football around, and I, I'm, I'm the kid, like, just, hey, son, do you want it? No, I just... Give me something to poke the fire. That's all I want to do is just stare at this fire. I'm a pyromaniac, and so if you were to talk to my wife, Christy, you would say that hey, it's not a good situation when I get around fire, and it's because when I was a senior in college at Liberty University, there was this house that we rented and, uh, with, with four of my friends, and, and this one night, it was finals week in the, in the fall semester, so it's cold outside, 
and we had this fireplace, and, and it was about 2 or 3 a.m., um, you know, like you do. Anyone know what I'm talking about there? Like, before you take the final, of course you don't sleep. You know, you cram because you didn't study when you should have. So it was cold, and I was like, you know what? We're going to settle in, and we're just going to be here in this moment. So, so I decided to make a fire, and, and everyone has long been asleep because they're actually good students and have already studied, um, but, but not me. So I'm sitting in the living room in this old house, and, and I, I start making a fire, but there's not much, um, like, dry wood to use it with. Um, and, and, and my neighbor had some, but I didn't want to steal his um, because I had stolen his last week, and I just didn't want him to catch on of what I was doing there. I'm not a good person. Just let's go ahead and put that out there. Um, so I thought, you know, what can I, what can I do? And it, listen, I know I'm going to lose all credibility here, but what I used to do to build a fire— while I was in that house is because we moved in this house and it was essentially like college students after college students after college students after college students. And what would happen is the legacy of this house on Edgewood Drive in Lynchburg, Virginia, is that you would essentially leave the stuff that you didn't want in the basement. So this huge unfinished basement is filled with um, go-karts, honestly, and lawnmowers and clothes on clothes on clothes and dolls, which were terrifying, by the way like a doll with like one eye in the basement while you're down there and you're like, nope, I'm out, I'm out of here. Um, and so what I would do is I would take just random items from downstairs and throw them in the fireplace to get the fire going because there was no cold wood. And then, and then this one time, this very night, I took, um, it's not a good idea. I'm just embarrassed as I'm telling you. I took a bag of trash and I threw it in there because I was like, well, I don't have to take out the trash. I just threw it in there. And, uh, and little did I know there was a can of hairspray in that, in that trash can. So I wish this were a joke. Um, I'm sitting on the couch. I'm studying through my stuff. The fire's crackling. It's probably pouring gases into the environment that are not healthy. Um, and then, and, and then at, at 2.30 in the morning, the sound of like a shotgun goes off. And it, and it blew the metal casing off of the fireplace, like blew it off. And the flame came out of the fireplace a good 10 feet. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. It came about four feet from me. Um, and I imagine shrapnel and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And I just kind of sat there just feeling like maybe God had blown the trumpet and I was about to go to heaven and I didn't know what was going on. And um, incidentally, no one woke up. And I'm like, because I'm sitting there like, oh, I'm about to be in trouble. Like, just all kinds of, because all these guys are musicians. They have all their amps and their guitars and stuff like that. And, and I just created a flame that went 10 feet wide. And, um, and, 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 and I'm not good with fire. So, like, you don't want to let me get around fire. But in that moment, what I learned was um, the power that fire can add to just an ordinary an ordinary element. And, and in the scriptures, um, a lot of times the fire is used as an illustration for the Holy Spirit and, and God's presence as he leads and guides and directs and purifies us uh, throughout our lives. And so as we talk about this element, uh, this Holy Spirit, um, I want to go ahead and put something out there. I understand if you're walking into this series, because we could talk about Jesus all day. We could talk about read your Bible and pray all day. We could do all those things, right? Give, serve. We're used to hearing those things. But some of us are skeptical about the Holy Spirit for, for a, a myriad of reasons. Maybe you grew up in a church um, that maybe um, 
maybe used scripture for their own benefit, right? And so we've lost trust. Maybe you have friends that have, have spoken about God and the nature of God in a way that is hurtful to you or, or whatever. And so we have skepticism. And I understand. And beyond all of that, growing up in church, I, I was trying to get the idea of Jesus, fully God and fully man, you know, my mind around that idea. And, and, and not just the Holy Spirit who's, who wants to indwell us and, and, and live with us. And so, um, not to mention, if we're just speaking on purely practical terms, you don't necessarily feel the Holy Spirit when you get saved. Maybe you do. Maybe you do. Um, that was something I had to learn, if I'm, if I'm being honest. It was something that I had to come to know through Scripture and things like that. So maybe you're coming in with fear and, 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 and just maybe, you know, you don't know. And so I, I understand all of that. What changed my mind about God and through the Holy Spirit was when God answered specific prayers, did miraculous works in me. I was 16 years old, and I was pouring my heart out to God. All I knew at this point in my life was that they say God's real. I hope God's real. I don't know. I'm just, you know, stepping out there. So I remember praying to like the, God, if you're up there, prayer. Like, you're just throwing yourself at the mercy. And, uh, and I, I understand how dangerous that is. Maybe you've prayed that prayer and like you didn't hear, I don't know, you know. But I, I threw myself out there and God answered the prayer miraculously the next day. And I'd love to tell you that story. We won't have time. But the, the, God began to show himself trustworthy in my life. And so I, I, can, I can say this. I read what's there in scripture, but I've experienced it in my own life. And I've heard testimonies of people at Covenant Church and beyond talk about the Holy Spirit's work in their life. So if you're coming in with fear and skepticism, totally get it. I just want to ask you to open yourself up. If there's a creator, if, if someone, right, if your heart is beating not by accident, if there's, a, if there's a God who gave you good gifts and good things and loves you, and he says, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit as a gift, as a helper. Maybe, maybe some of us aren't accessing n- near what we are being called to access. Maybe the, maybe the Spirit is the missing link in some of our lives. So let's open our hearts up to what God wants to do there. Um, so we're in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 8. And, um, and, and, and Jesus, who has just... Um, He's resurrected from the grave. I mean, he spent three years in ministry with these disciples, and, and, and they're trying to figure out exactly what's going on, you know, and, and he's, um, their, their faith is at like, is, is at an 11 right now, um, and, and they're excited. And then out of nowhere, he says, um, you know, go make disciples, right, Matthew 28, go make disciples, teach, baptize, and lo, I'll be with you until the end of the age. And then a couple verses later in Acts 1, he says, I've got to go. <laughs> and you're like, didn't you just say that you were going to be with us this whole time? And, and, and like we do and like the disciples did, they kind of got it confused. But, but what Jesus was saying in that moment is, I want you to wait. I want you to stay in Jerusalem. So in, in verse 4, he would say, um, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power which the Holy Spirit has come upon you, uh, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, so there's this kind of, um, this kind of 
movement thing happening that, that stay in Jerusalem, I'm gonna give you the helper, which is the Holy Spirit, and, and you are going to start here in Jerusalem, you're gonna expand, and then out into the uttermost ends of the earth. Um, and, and the crazy thing is we're still seeing that happen even today. There are still unreached, unengaged people groups out there. So we're, even with all of our technology, we're still seeing missionaries go out to villages. I just had a conversation with someone who goes out to Nepal um, consistently, and he's like, there are still villages out there that we haven't reached. Uh, there's, there's unengaged people. Um, and so we're still seeing God, you know, see that come to fruition. Um, so, so, so we see this word power, though. Um, this word power. This word power comes from the Greek word dunamis. Dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite. Um, I feel like that's applicable after I just told that illustration about my hairspray can. Uh, but think about the word dynamite and the word power. When I, when I hear the word power, I think strength. I think of someone who can bench 300 pounds. I think of someone who can do a lot of, like, you know, lift, lifting weights and things like that. But this word has more of a, a tone of ability, right, or an explosive possibility. And in a stick of dynamite, you could rearrange a mountain, Right, and so, and th- I think of Jesus, and Jesus, how he came and was born in a manger, not like anyone expected, not like anyone would ever expect. He was homeless. He, he, he said things like, you know, if you eat my flesh and you drink my blood, and, and people were walking away from him left and right. But you see him turn the world upside down. Just this one man who's also the Son of God, and I feel like the power in the Holy Spirit is the same power based on Scripture that raised Christ from the dead. That's good news for us. Um, So today, as we talk about four distinct qualities of the Holy Spirit's power that he wants for us, I I hope that you take notes, but more than that, I hope that you jot some of the scriptures down because it will be a game changer for the rest of your week, I promise. In fact, I'm gonna give you guys a dare in just a little bit, um, and and it's either gonna scare you or excite you. Probably most of you will scare you, but we'll we'll see God work in miraculous ways. So the first one is that the Holy Spirit gives us power to share Christ boldly. The Spirit gives us power to share Christ boldly. The, the, the truth is, in my world, growing up in church, evangelism is the one thing I didn't want to do. Sure, I'll read my Bible. Sure, I'll pray. I'll definitely come to church. I might give. I'll go to camp for sure, right? If there's something where free pizza's at, like in a youth ministry, I'm, I'm going to be there. But do not expect me to share Christ with my friends because I would like to continue having friends. Right? Yeah, I don't want to get outcast. I don't want to be the weird one. I don't want to be the one in my neighborhood who's always like, maybe you're a sinner and you're going to hell. You know, have you ever had that like tension in your mind? You know, like you want to reach out to these people. So you're like, I'll just take them a plate of cookies and show them Christ's love. And then if you do that for long enough, you know, maybe they'll ask a question. But sometimes God is asking us to, to, to share Christ boldly, and the Spirit gives us the power to do that. In 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5, here's, here's Paul. Okay, this is, this is so encouraging for me. My speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So, so here's what just happened. The Apostle Paul, who we all look up to, who we all admire, who we all wish we could be more like, who in heaven is probably going to have a seat like at at Jesus' table. Like he's probably got a room right next to Jesus. If he were at church today, he would have one of those old school thrones and he would just sit up there and he'd be like, "Mm." he'd be that guy. Like we all like, he's, he's the guy. And what he's saying is, it's not me. 
It's not me. All those letters that I wrote that you guys still read today and apply to your lives, not me. It's God. It's the Holy Spirit inside of me. Like we're all shells for the Holy Spirit to indwell. I didn't mean for that to rhyme. I can't believe I just came up with that on the spot. But that'll preach. We're all just, we're all just waiting for God to fill us up. No, no, no person in here has the power to change someone's life or heart. No, no one in here has the ability to do God's work. That's God that does the work. It's, it's the spirit inside of you. So understand this. In the sense that maybe you are afraid to go out there and do what God calls you to do, understand this. It's not up to you anyway. It's up to you just to be available for, for God to use you. 2 Timothy 1.7 would say this. If you have a spirit of fear, understand this. God didn't give it to you, right? God didn't give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Guess what that word power is in the Greek? Dunamis, right? You are a stick of dynamite, which sounds negative, honestly. Like, you know, that's not something we associate with being positive. But the truth is you have the ability to walk out there into a situation, whether it's just one person or many, and share Christ's love uh, with a group of people, with a family, with a, with a co-worker, and it's because believers, the Spirit is inside of you and wants to do that work through you. Wants to do that work through you. Think of Moses. I, I, I resonate with Moses because the truth is, naturally, I feel like I don't have many gifts or talents. I feel like I don't have anything to offer, but, but when God called Moses in Exodus 4 to go to Pharaoh and, and tell him to let the people go, do you remember what he said? Like, I'm not eloquent. I can't, I can't speak well. And I feel like God, in just a moment of compassion and love, just really being gentle with Moses, was just like, who made your mouth? Really? Really? Like, if I'm going to, yeah, you are going to jack it up. I mean, you just murdered a dude. But of course, it's, he's not going to leave it up to Moses. Of course, he's not going to leave it up to you. Maybe the God the creator of the universe, the Holy Spirit inside of you is giving you the power to share Christ boldly today. That's number one. Number two, the Holy Spirit will give you power when you're weak. The Holy Spirit will give you power when you're weak. There's a lot of ways we could look at weakness today. We could compare ourselves to others and say, well, they have this, they have that, they have that ability or that gifting. Of course, I'm not as good as they are. Of course, they have more fruit. Pastors do this all the time. We look at other churches and we're like, why, why isn't my church doing this? Why isn't, why isn't my worship service able to reach that many people? Why isn't our outreach events, you know, getting more traction like theirs, ours? And we compare and we start to view ourselves as weak as if we're not all on a level playing field right, in, in God's sight anyway. And the truth is, this, the, the scripture has words to say this. Again, Paul would say this, that Romans 8.26 says, the spirit helps us in our weakness. The spirit helps us in our weakness. All we have to do is just ask and invite the Holy Spirit into our lives and just say, I, listen, I, I don't feel power at all, any form of power, but I know that it's not me anyways. So I, I feel weak in just walking through my daily life, disciplines, raising my kids, going to that job that I hate. But you know what? God has given you the spirit to get through that anyway. Uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, this is, this is huge. This is a game changer for my own personal life. Um, he said to me, this is, this is God saying to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul would go on and he'd say, I boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. Right? This is how God shows off, so the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I'm content with my weaknesses. Who in the world can say that, by the way? I'm content with my weaknesses. It didn't feel good. 
doesn't feel good to look in the mirror and say, not good at this, not good at this, not good at this, not good at this. And I know that you have value. God has given you value. You're the most precious commodity on earth. But understand this. God is the one who's going to do the work anyway. You are weak. And what Paul would say is, I'll boast in my weakness because when I'm weak, then am I strong. That's good news today. Because I don't feel strong all the time. I don't feel like I can do, I mean, practically, let me just throw this out there. Like, I don't feel like I could do a, as good a job as PT. And it's not, it's, not as, it's not like God was ever saying, if you don't do good or better than Pastor Travis, you're done. You are done. You know, it's not like God ever did that. What, what happens? We let those things creep inside of us, this, this desire to compare to, to, to one another. We, we do that, don't we? And so what God is saying is just, will you please Will you please just obey and do what I call you to do? And that's it, and sit down. You know, think of the parable of the talents. The guys that they took what God gave them and they, they went and used them. And then it was the one that had the one talent that buried it in the ground. And he said, because I knew you to be a hard man, which is not a good thing to say to God. And, and any, you know, like I knew that you were tough and you don't really, you're not really nice. You sow where you didn't reap um, and, and, or you reap where you didn't sow. And, and what he would say is you wicked and lazy servant. Like just go out there and use what God gave you. Right, which, by the way, is his spirit. Is his spirit, believers. That's good news. The third thing, the Holy Spirit will give you the power to have hope in a hopeless world. There's not much encouraging if you watch the news. I don't watch the news hardly anymore. I don't know what's going on. I know there's a hurricane. I know there's an election. I know there's sex trafficking. I know there's drugs rampant in Columbus. I know there's men that want to take advantage of women. I know there's fathers that would rather not be fathers and treat their families as if they're, they're worthless. It seems hopeless, right? Sometimes we go to a job that we hate, and it's just day in and day out we feel like drones. And you know what? God never, ever wanted to live us to live that life. And I think that maybe... Some of us, what we're missing is just inviting God into our everyday mess. A lot of us, a lot of us honestly, if, if, you, if you listen to the wrong, am I going to say this? I'm going to say it. If you listen to the wrong pastor, they're going to tell you, you can have everything you want. You can have, you know, all this kind of stuff. And here's what I would say. Sometimes I think God is inviting himself into your mess, into your mess. And, it, and earth is going to look like it's going to look. And Jesus gives you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's presence is enough in your life. I don't think that we should expect this earth to get much better. It's a hopeless world. It's a hopeless world. But you know what? I think that God also gives us the opportunity to have hope by his spirit and to share hope by his spirit. And that's what I feel like we are called to do is be agents of hope into our, into our homes, into our neighborhoods, into our jobs, Right into the gyms that we go to, the coffee shops that we go to, in the movie theaters that we meet in. Like we are called to be agents of hope. And it is, it is when we are disobedient and we ignore that call that the church doesn't look like the church anymore. It looks like a club. We're called to have hope. I, I gotta be honest. Um, I, I struggle even sharing this story, but, but it is what it is and, and maybe it will help somebody today. Um, if you know our story, you know that we moved here two years ago to plant Access Church in Dublin and, uh, and we launched, um, it was a year ago today. It was a year ago today, we launched. And so um, we, th through lots of conversations, we, 
we, we worked hard. We did everything we believed God called us to do. And, and at the end of the day, um, Pastor Travis um, and I had a conversation through much fasting and prayer that we would step back, that we'd pause, that we'd do the residency, which is why I'm here today. I'm in the middle of the residency, and that's why I'm so thankful for Pastor Travis. He was just watching us essentially burning out. You know what I mean? And, and he was watching us, and, and he'd call me every Sunday. He'd be like, how'd it go? And I'd be like, oh, good. He's like, you don't believe that at all, do you? You know? And, um, and so I'm in the middle of this residency. God, God, um, God is doing certain things in our community, but, but at the end of the day, we stepped back, and, um, and I thought it was going to be a breather for me. And what ended up happening is I, uh, starting in June, ended up in the only way I know how to call it is a depression, like a, a hopelessness. Um, for the first time in my life, I felt like I wasn't worth anything. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I'm honestly not exaggerating. Like, I, I'm not just, this isn't sermon fodder. I, I didn't want to get back in ministry. Um, I, I, I was hurting. I was depressed. And it was people coming around me that encouraged me through the Holy Spirit. Right? It was the church doing what the church is supposed to do. Um, I probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a couple key people in my life. And sometimes we need to stop praying for God to fix something and be used by God to, to, to get in the game, right? Sometimes there's someone hurting in, in, in your life, and you know maybe who that person is. Like, as soon as I said there's someone hurting in your life, there's a face that popped up in your, in your head, and you need to go to them this week, and you need to just share a message of hope, and you need to, like, just before you go, just, just like, as you take the step towards that meaning, like, God, will you use me? Will you speak words of life and encouragement to this person through me? I don't want any of the credit. I don't want any of the glory, but this is a person who you love, and I want to be used by you to help them. Father, use me. Holy Spirit, use me. We need to have hope in a hopeless world, but we can only do it because God gives us that ability through the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13 would say it this way. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit may abound in hope, may overflow in help. The fourth thing, the last thing, is that the Holy Spirit will give you the power to experience the fullness of God fullness of God. Uh, Ephesians 3, Paul's going to pray for the, for the Ephesian church, but I believe that that carries over to us. He's going to pray this, this big, long prayer like Paul does. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father, from whom every family in, in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit and your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through him, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, and then lastly, so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Right? I'm not telling you what to do, but some of these verses, I'm like, oh my goodness, if I just read that, my life would look different every day. You know, it makes me want to step outside of my front door tomorrow morning before I go off to do whatever I'm going to do in the day and step into the power of the Holy Spirit for my life and just say, God, I invite you to do whatever you want to do today, which is, by the way, a dangerous prayer because he'll interrupt you, right? I was, uh, I was driving this week with a friend of mine, pouring down rain, and, and I was in Atlanta, Georgia, and, um, and we see these two people walking, 
And I'm like, oh, don't do it, don't do it. And my friend says, would you mind stopping? I was like, sure, you know? And it's just, um, it's like, I should have thought of that first, right? Um, and so we stop, and we say, hey, you want to ride? And they're like, no, we're good. And I'm like, are you scared of us? Is that, because it is drenching, pouring, raining right now. Um, but, but maybe God is going to invite you to stop and help someone. Maybe God is going to, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a stranger, right? Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a family member. Maybe you're going to, maybe you get a phone call and you know before you even pick it up what's about to happen. And God is calling you to step into that and, and not only experience the fullness of God, but bring people into that by spirit, the spirit working through you. Here, the, the way I see it is this. Last week, Pastor Travis talked about how the Holy Spirit comforts us, and, and I think that we need that for sure. I think we need that for sure, but, but I would say this. I, I, was, I was reading and in, in, in prepping for this message, uh, a book by Francis Chan called Forgotten God. It talks about how we essentially throw a lot of emphasis on the, on the Heavenly Father, on the Son, um, but we kind of forget about the Holy Spirit's work in our life. And, uh, and he said it this way, um, uh, of course the Holy Spirit is the comforter, right? Of course he wants to comfort you. But honestly, maybe the reason um, that the Holy Spirit isn't being felt in our lives is because we're living lives of comfort. Maybe we don't need to be comforted. Maybe, maybe Satan isn't at work in your life because there's, there's nothing to fight. Of course we don't need a comforter if we're living lives of comfort. So, so, so maybe it is that today some of us in here need to live a life that, that embraces God's call to surrender to the Holy Spirit. And here's, here's uh, guys, I don't know how to make it more practical than this. But I make a commitment starting now because here's the deal. Like, I'm reading and studying for this message, and I keep hearing God saying, yep, you need this too. Yep, you need this too. Yep, you need this too. Yeah, you need to surrender. You need to walk in the Spirit. Um, I don't want to walk by sight, but I wake up every morning, like, at default, walking by sight, not by faith, right? I, I default at what do I want for me? you know, but it's going to be my commitment. And, and if I were to put legs on this sermon for you and say, this is how I think this could make a difference in your practical life, your day to day, is that I'm going to spread these verses out in front of me. I'm just going to put them everywhere. And I'm going to ask God, I'm going to ask God, and I would challenge you to do the same. Ask God to give you someone that needs a word, a, a message of hope today, that needs Jesus, right? So maybe, maybe you're a Christian today, and you have been living out of this, outside the power of the Holy Spirit. And today, the call is to surrender. Remember, well, I, here's the deal. When I look at our churches today, I don't think that we're experiencing even a small percentage of the Holy Spirit's power. I want to be involved in something that can only be explained by God. And we have to step outside of our comfort zone. We have to start doing some things that don't feel normal, don't feel safe, you might be rejected. You might end up getting hurt, but here's what, the, here's what the promise is. The Holy Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit's with you, and that's enough, right? If God wanted to save us and take us straight to heaven, he would have, but he put us here to be agents of hope, and so I'm, I'm begging you, ask God to give you someone to speak to, and then be obedient and watch him work. Thank you for listening to this message from our series, God is in Us, at Covenant Church. We hope you were impacted by this message today. 
If you'd like to invest into what God is doing here in this ministry, feel free to give online at covenantchurch.us forward slash give.